Welcome to the Utah Episcopalians, a podcast of the Diocese of Utah. And I'm Craig Wirth of the Diocese, and at this time, we're in one of those seasons, and we love talking about seasons on these podcasts, but one of those seasons that is probably not well known is the season of Epiphany. Epiphany is a biblical reference to when the wise men came to visit the baby Jesus, and often it's just lumped in with Christmas, but it's entirely a different season. And to explain all this, we have the Right Reverend Scott B. Hayashi, the Bishop of Utah. Welcome and happy Epiphany. And I guess that's what we say, right? We could say happy Epiphany, um, just like we would say happy Christmas, but happy Epiphany, because it's still part of a more joyful time in the um, season you know, of, of the scenes of the church year. Um, so happy Epiphany is, is perfectly good. You could even say, although people would look at you funny, happy Lent, but uh, most people would look at you funny. If you well, we're, we got that. that one coming up. Right now, we're, we're squeezed in between Christmas and Lent. Now, why do you think Epiphany is a separate season and not just wrapped up in that season of Christmas that started with the birth of Jesus, the incarnation? Why is it that Epiphany, we want to make that uh, designation, that, that division of seasons? Well, I think the reason, uh, popularly speaking, that people lump it all together is because it's such a marvelous and, and wonderful story about the journey of these, um, these individuals, uh, the Magi, um, uh, of, of, of whom popular tradition says there are three of them, although we don't know exactly how many there were. Uh, we know, obviously, there were by the story that there were more than one, but it doesn't specifically say there are three. Um, but because the story is such a wonderful story about following the star and traveling, traveling at night to present gifts to the baby Jesus, um, then that is all lumped together, I think, in people's minds. And um, it, it, in many ways, is is very romantic as well. And so, naturally, um, I think we just we just put it all together in, into one, one big thing. But the epiphany itself is, as you know, Craig, um, it, the word itself means revealing. Um, and specifically what the season of epiphany um, teaches is the revealing of who this baby is or who this Jesus is uh, for the world. And so epiphany then, the story of the Magi, um, that starts it off is exactly that where the um, people who are not Jewish, um, we don't exactly know who they are, um, but they're certainly not, not Hebrews or Jewish people, come and they fall down and they recognize Jesus as being the one given by God. So it is that revealing of who this person is um, that is so very important. And indeed, the lessons throughout the season of, of Epiphany follow that theme of the revelation of Jesus through his baptism, the revelation of Jesus um, being the Son of God through the calling of the disciples, uh, the revelation of Jesus um, at the presentation of the temple, or the revelation of Jesus um, as being someone um, special or being the Son of God through his teaching, and ultimately the final Sunday of Epiphany being the uh, revelation of Jesus as being um, the Son of God by the transfiguration story. Often people think of Epiphany as kind of the early days of Jesus, the early days before 
he is out teaching. Uh, in, yet it isn't something that just happened, let's say, the first week of uh, Christmas. It happened over a long period of time. You had what a good Jewish boy would have done. He goes to the temple, is presented. You have uh, the baptism, but you also have the presentation. So is that kind of incorrect to say this is the early days and now we'll go into the later days once we get into Lent? Well, well yes, it is absolutely incorrect because, you know, as I just said, um, it begins with the story of the Magi. Um, and then after that, we go immediately um, to the baptism of Jesus, which certainly happens, um, we could say, when he's maybe 29, 30 years old, um, and then the calling of the disciples. So certainly it would be incorrect to say it's the early days of Jesus. Actually, um, we don't really know all that much about the early days of Jesus. Um, at least we don't from the biblical accounts. Extra biblical accounts, there's more information there, but they certainly uh, are the stuff of legend legend and myth, if not fairy, outright fairy tale. Why are we so fascinated? And I know you're probably not one is that is as fascinated as some, but to know what was Jesus as a boy, we, we see all kinds of speculation. Uh, people will go <laughs> dig in the ground trying to find evidence and uh, the whole assumption of who was his brother, was James his brother, what did his mother do? Was his father a contractor or a carpenter? All these things. Why do you think religion needs to have people that, that uh, want to find this stuff out? Well, I think it, it's, the, it's what we as people, human beings, want. Uh, we want to know the, um, the backstory, so to speak. We, we want to know um, about this, this person in more uh, in more detail than really what evidence is is given to us, uh, we want to know that because there's this deep desire for us to connect with um, this person. And so as as these stories get told and things were um, written down, um, which I think were started um, certainly uh, much, much later. Um, it, it was the attempt to satisfy that need to, which I think is a, is a good thing, uh, of people wanting to be able to connect with this person. And so to have stories of his early years, um, which are contained in some of the extra canonical um, books, um, I think fulfills and fills that desire for us to be able to, uh, as human beings, connect with with this, with this figure of Jesus. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I think it's, it's a quite a normal thing um, for us to want that very badly. We go from Epiphany, we will be going then into Lent. Um, and often in our church calendar, one season certainly leads to another. Uh, we have to have the birth of Jesus before we can have the presentation and the revealing of who Jesus is. We'll then go into Lent, which is where Jesus, uh, of course, spends the time uh, in the desert. And then we'll have the um, Holy Week, uh, the crucifixion, and then we'll go into, of course, the resurrection. And we tend to go in order, but each season helps us 
prepare, maybe that's the wrong word, but certainly make us aware that as we go into that next season, what do you hope people gain from Epiphany that will help them when they go into Lent? Well, I don't think I would necessarily view it in exactly that way. Um, for the church, there are two seasons of preparation. Um, there's Advent, which prepares us for Christmas, and then there is Lent, uh, which prepares us uh, for, for Holy Week and Easter. And then we have, of course, there's a season of Epiphany, which we're talking about today. And then we have that really broad season, that long season, which takes place um, after the season of Easter, which goes all the way from the spring into um, the late fall when we go back into Advent. And, um, and that is a season of teaching. Um, and Epiphany is that same sort of thing where it teaches us uh, who Jesus is. And... and and, and that helps us, I would say, um, then as we go into the season of Lent and we have that story leading ultimately to Holy Week, um, then we, we have that to say, well, this person who was put on trial, this person who was abandoned, this person um, who was ultimately killed, um, was not just anybody. Um, he was revealed to us to be the Son of God. Um, so in that way, it, it is not so much a preparation, um, but a, a way in which we are given the information and knowledge to say why we should care um, about, about what took place. Because this is not just anybody, um, this is actually God's Son. Um, and so in that way, um, it, you could say it does prepare us, but it really is meant to, I think, anchor us into what um, what this what the great story um, really is. So if you look at it from that point of view, you'd say Christmas is the birth, um, the birth narrative. Epiphany is the narrative of the revelation of who Jesus is, and then Lent is the period of time in which we uh, move towards towards the ending of his ministry, and then Holy Week with the crucifixion, then Easter, and then, and then the rest of the season is that what Jesus taught. You kind of hinted that um, the linear age brackets that Jesus as a, uh, would have been baptized at age 29, 30 or so often. We, we feel that uh, Jesus was baptized and had three years of teaching that um, as uh, detailed in the Gospels until the uh, crucifixion. Um, one thing I think would be helpful if you could walk us through uh, kind of a timeline in Epiphany of when he would have been presented in the temple, the naming, the whole kind of um, that led up to the uh, uh, baptism and including the baptism. Is there kind of a timetable? I know we have, of course, the fear from King Herod over the, every boy that's two years old or younger. We have uh, Jesus being probably a a pretty good Jewish boy uh, going to the temple and things like that. Can you kind of walk us through so we kind of see what uh, Epiphany covers in a time of what a good Roman boy would have gone through and with his uh, parents? Well, the presentation, um, we would say, um, probably Jesus was very, very young at the presentation when he was brought um, by his parents to the temple. So that would be, you know, within 
just over a month, let's say 40 days or so. And the presentation was given during that period of time. And Simeon um, prophesied and Anna prophesied about him. So that's just very, he's, he really is an infant at that point in time. Um, and then uh, we have the story of Jesus who is in the temple. And I'm not sure exactly how old he would be when um, he stays at the temple and talks with the teachers and his parents realize he's missing and go back and find him there's a child um, teaching. Um, and then after that, you know, as far as what we have in the um, New Testament is concerned, then we have, we jump from there then over to the story of the baptism as far as chronology is concerned. So there, there is, as you can see, a huge gap um, right there and there. And we don't really know exactly what took place during those years. Um, we, we, we just simply do not know. And then you have the uh, uh, escape into Egypt. Well, yes, that was after the Magi um, came to speak to Herod because Herod was not happy to hear about um, someone who was born to be the king of the Jews when he was king, uh, when Herod was king. So, but that takes place, you know, as the story unfolds in the season of Epiphany because um, it is right after the wise men visit Herod that the slaughter of the innocents takes place. I think that's an important part of the life of Jesus that is kind of lost as you read the Bible. You, keep, you, you almost forget that present, presence of Herod. And I know you have journeyed to uh, Israel and have seen the presence of Herod and his son, that that was an omnipresent force, wasn't it, at all times, and that as we read the Gospels, we often forget that out there at all times, there was that uh, family, there was the Roman influence. Um, so Jesus would have been, that would have been part of Jesus' life throughout the entire time, not just when uh, the slaughter of the innocent boys. Well, yes, and that, I think, is a result of us, um, those of us who are um, Christians, let's say, simply believing that because Jesus is so important to us that therefore when he was um, a young boy, a young man, or a mature man doing his ministry, that of course everybody around would have known about him. But the truth of the record is actually, no, they really didn't. Um, they, they really didn't. And, and on one level, you could say that if actually had been known so widely um, and was considered a threat so widely, um, they would have killed him a lot sooner. So the very fact that, that he wasn't known, that, that really on the, the world stage or the stage of Jerusalem and, and you know, Israel and Judea, really, really he, he, he is just one of many itinerant teachers out there. Um, and I think in certain ways there's a certain safety, uh, if you want to look at it that way, because he wasn't that well known. Um, but you and I, or people in the Christian church, I think, um, because he is so important to us, um, I think develop a sense of that everybody there must have known about him, but, but they didn't. The person they knew about, as you said, was King Herod. Um, and not Herod, who was the king when Jesus was, um, was born, but Herod the Great before him, who, who really was a giant figure, what was an extremely um, 
profound figure. Um, and and to, um, to go to Israel today and, and to look at the ruins, um, one gets the sense of, of how great Herod the Great really was. Um, and compared, and Jesus compared to Herod the Great as far as the, the stage of the world is concerned, well, he, he is actually, I would say, beneath notice because uh, Herod was so, Herod the Great was exactly that. Um, but you and I um, like to think of it exactly the opposite way of that. But I like the fact that, that some, from something um, on the world stage or the stage of Israel Judea, where someone would be so small, let's say, and insignificant in so many ways, from that comes this religion that we have today. You could say Jesus is like the mustard seed um, that was so tiny, but then, but then becomes this gigantic tree. I, I would say that Jesus is like that, and I, I like that very much. As a child talking to the teachers at the temple, again, the giant temple, and he's just a little corner, probably talking to a handful of people, yep. if at that, mm -hmm. kind of lost in the crowd. Um, we have several significant events in Epiphany. We have, of course, the wise men coming, and that is so often used. There are all kinds of, actually, Christmas cards and pictures and stories and all that. We don't seem to cover as much the baptism of Jesus. How important is that when Jesus is baptized? That's part of Epiphany that isn't as uh, pronounced or as, as talked about as probably the Magi. Well, I would disagree with that, actually. Um, in fact, I would um, say that it's talked about a great deal. It's not talked about a great deal outside of the church. Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, every it, Christmas play yes. has the wise men. Every, yes. every creche has the wise men. We don't have creches or we don't have yeah. characterizations that show the baptism in, in the River no, Jordan. No, but, but as I said, um, it's talked about a great deal. In fact, the, the baptism of Jesus Sunday is a very important day in, in the church calendar. We're coming up on that um, we, as, as Epiphany comes uh, full circle for us. Of course, um, we're kind of coming to the end of this. Our guest is the Right Reverend Scott B. Hayashi, the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Utah in the season of Epiphany, although he's Bishop other seasons too. I don't want to just say that. But one point you've made all the way through this that I think is really fascinating, and that is that really Epiphany, we're seeing all the way through um, the question, who is this person? And we've seen that, and we see that there, there really wasn't that, um, uh, there was a question as to who is the Messiah, and it's very important that the presentation of Jesus, the Epiphany moment, that we realize that he is the Lord, he is the Christ. And even in the baptism, Again, I know you've been to the Jordan or the River Jordan, and you've seen, as you look through there, there would have been other people, right, baptizing. There would have been other people doing this. And again, it's a just one of many, and out of that comes this uh, uh, Christ. Yes, yes. And uh, I think that one of the important things regarding um, the, you know, the stories there, again, is for those who have not been to um, Israel, the Holy Land, uh, 
um, there and have never been to um, the Jordan River to see the location where we believe um, the baptism took place, um, in our minds we have it, at least twice in my mind, um, the vision I had in my head was John the Baptist is in the water, in the shore, on the shore, um, in, in the water, and that we have this huge expanse of water, like a huge lake or like the ocean. And the Baptist is there, and Jesus goes down to be baptized. And as as you and I both saw, it's what, like 15 feet across the Right, river? I mean, our Jordan River here is wider. Yeah, our Jordan River here is wider. It's like 15 feet across, and it's muddy, and it's shallow, and you could wade right across that with no problem. So, again, that, that speaks to how we enlarge these things. The important point, though, for Epiphany and the revealing of Jesus um, is, I would say, the very same thing as Christmas. Um, in fact, in fact, I would say that it is the most important thing um, to understand. Uh, it's all well and good to tell the story of the birth of Jesus and being placed in the manger, but the important thing is that Jesus be born in our hearts, in the manger of our hearts, and placed in our hearts. And the importance of Epiphany is not these stories in my mind, they tell the story of revealing who Jesus is, but the importance to me is you and I and anyone or everyone having their own epiphany, their own revelation of Jesus being the Son of God. Um, because that's what's important. It's, it's, not, it's not, in my mind, these, these stories so much. They, they, give, they tell the story of who He is, but you can tell the stories all day. Um, the most important thing is whether or not one has the epiphany, the revelation to oneself of Jesus being the Messiah, the Son of God, and what that means um, to me or to you personally, and how you and I behave in this world because of that. That's the most important thing. Well, that's a great place to leave this and does explain epiphany. The season, like so many of these seasons, that you have to say, what really is this all about? And maybe as you, uh, we leave this podcast, is there a prayer, a blessing, or something we can all leave us with for the season of Epiphany? I think the prayer would be that, oh God, we pray that each and every one of us would be touched by your Holy Spirit to not only have Jesus born in our hearts, but to come to the sure and certain knowledge of who this Jesus is and how you gave him to us to reveal yourself to us as the God of love. And we thank you so much, uh, Bishop Hayashi. You've been listening to the Utah Episcopalians, where we look at the unique place in our great state of Utah that the diocese plays. I'm Craig Worth. Thank you for listening.